0: Welcome to CME on ReachMD. This activity, entitled Optimal Standards of Care for Second Line HER2 Positive, Advanced Gastric, and Gastroesophageal Junction Cancers, is provided by Prova Education. Prior to beginning the activity, please be sure to review the faculty and commercial support disclosure statements, as well as the learning objectives. HER2 expression is a critical biomarker for treatment selection for patients with advanced gastric and GEJ cancers. Until recently, HER2-directed strategies had not been successful in improving survival in second line. However, new treatments are available for patients with HER2-positive gastric and GEJ cancers. Are you sure that you're selecting the right treatment for your patients in the second line setting? This is CME on ReachMD, and I'm Dr. Lizzie Smith.
1: Hi, I'm Dr. Zafarajani.
0: Thanks, Jaffer. Initial treatment for patients with HER2 positive gastric or GEJ cancer is a trastuzumab containing regimen. Until recently, there were limited options available for patients who progressed. Jaffer, can you take us through a patient case that demonstrates how you select an appropriate second line option?
1: This is a 62 year old gentleman diagnosed with HER2 positive. Three plus by IHC, gastroesophageal adenocarcinoma that was metastatic at the time of diagnosis to the liver and lymph nodes. Its microsatellite status was stable. PDL1, CPS was more than one. He was treated in an outside hospital with a regimen containing oxaliplatin, fluoroguracil, and trastuzumab. He received treatment for a total of 15 months. He had a dramatic response to therapy initially with a at least progression-free interval for at least 10 months. And following that, he had cancer progression, as we see in majority of our patients. He was then referred for second line therapy. I particularly emphasized that he had no pulmonary disease history and no other significant comorbidities. And on the left you can see the CT cut of his chest showing lungs are pretty clear. And on the right, you can see liver metastases as well as the primary. We recommended trastuzumab deruxtecan for his treatment.
0: Thanks, Jeffrey. Do you think that there's any value in rebiopsying before trastuzumab deruxtecan? There are data to show that around a third of patients lose HER two expression after trastuzumab. So, if you didn't do a biopsy, do you think that you will do one in future?
1: We are doing this rebiopsying in clinical trials, but it is really not very clear at the moment whether we need to do rebiopsy and whether you rebiopsy primary or should we biopsy metastases. And because of heterogeneity of HER2 expression, I know of many cases and there are many studies showing that if you biopsy on, for example, left side can be positive and the right side can be negative. So it's not absolutely clear. I think it's better to re-biopsy, but then your re-biopsy may not tell you the truth. So that's my concern.
0: I agree. It's a difficult situation, and we can gain more information from liquid biopsy. I know that there's translational work from some of the trastuzumab deruxtecan studies that show that although ctDNA positive and negative patients benefit, the patients with the highest level of HER2 amplification on liquid biopsy are those who benefit the most.
1: He had a good response to trastuzumab deruxtecan or TDXD, as you can see from the before and after photographs of his CT scan. And we continued to monitor his lungs on a periodic basis. Here you see his lungs after six doses, and they look very clear. Patient was asymptomatic. But after receiving 10 doses of DDXD, he started having progressive pulmonary symptoms, and his chest CT became very abnormal, as you can see. So we were aware of potential ILD, as we should be in every patient. TDXD was immediately stopped, and this was in the midst of SARS-CoV-2 infections. That was excluded by two different testing methods, and ILD due to TDXD was considered the most likely cause of the pulmonary abnormalities. So we consulted our pulmonary team, patient was admitted because of requirement of oxygen and the symptoms, and it was predominantly managed by our pulmonary team. And that is because some of the pulmonary experts have become very familiar with tdxd induced ILD because it's being also used in breast cancer in a very large number of patients
0: this patient had ILD, and it's important for us to have an awareness of this, but rates of ILD were quite low in the Destiny Gastric O1 and O2 studies, which looked at TDXT and gastric cancer, so less than 10%. I've had a couple of patients with ILD, one grade one, one grade two, which have resolved with steroids. But I would say that involving the pulmonologist early is critical. We do need to have these patients examined by the pulmonologist, relevant negatives excluded. We need to consider COVID. We need to consider other forms of infection. For example, PCP could mimic ILD as well. So I think that our multidisciplinary approach is really important to the management of this condition. Would you agree?
1: Yes, I certainly do. In lung cancer study of TDXD, There was 23% rate of ILD in the paper that was published in New England Journal of Medicine. So I think pre-existing pulmonary condition, lung cancer patients, for example, they are at higher risk. But majority of gastric cancer patients, breast cancer patients, as you outlined very clearly, that the rate is low.
0: I agree. So for grade one, if it's resolved within 28 days, we can resume. That's a really important fact. I would say in terms of catching it early, and one interesting aspect that I've noticed is that both my patients who had pneumonitis developed weight loss despite the fact that their cancer was responding. So they had weight loss and fatigue before they developed respiratory symptoms, something to watch out for in future, I think. For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to CME on Reach MD. I'm Dr. Lizzie Smith, and here with me today is Dr. Jaffer Ajani. We're discussing the role of HER2 directed therapies in advanced gastric and GEJ cancers in the second line setting.
1: So, Lizzie, over the past few years, there have been significant advances in treatment of HER2 positive gastric or GE junction cancer patients. I think this is a phenomenal period for research, but I think we we want to focus on the drug that is immediately available to a lot of us. So would you give us some understanding of the recent trials, including the FDA approval in the US?
0: We have two trials which have examined TDXD in second line or beyond HER2 positive gastric cancer. The first was DESTINY GASTRIC-01. This was an Asian study in which patients with previously treated HER2-positive gastric cancer, around 200 patients were randomized to either TDXD or to chemotherapy. And this study was published in New England Journal of Medicine because it was a landmark study showing efficacy of HER2-directed treatment in the second-line setting for gastric cancer. So in Destiny Gastric 01, patients who received TDXD had response rates of over 50%, which compared very favorably to chemotherapy, which had a response rate of around 14% and accordingly, overall survival was also improved. Patients who were treated with TDXD had a median overall survival of more than one year, so that was compared to about eight months with chemotherapy. So as a result of this, there is an FDA approval for trastuzumab deruxtecan tecan and previously treated HER2-positive gastric and GEJ cancer in the United States and Asia, but not yet in Europe. Destiny gastric O2, unlike destiny gastric one actually did require a repeat biopsy to show retained HER2 expression before study entry. And this was a study of just under 80 patients, non-randomized, all patients treated with TDXD, presented at ESMO 2021 last year. And what we saw was response rates of about 40%, which is almost equivalent to what we saw in the Asian study, and importantly, a median duration of response of about eight months. So the next steps I think, will be very important. And maybe, Jaffer, you could tell us about other emerging trials in this patient population.
1: The two trials that we want to focus on today, one is called DESTINY-GASTRIC-04, and this is XUS. This is a second-line trial for HER2-positive tumor patients who have received HER2-directed therapy previously, and HER2-positivity is reconfirmed with a new biopsy and patients are randomized to tdxd or ramiser paclitaxel. this is a large enough trial that there is a likelihood that it will establish a new global standard the other trial is focusing on tucatinib which had shown tremendous benefit in breast cancer population and tucatinib is a tyrosine kinase inhibitor in the her 2 signaling so this is an interesting but also complicated study. So it's called Mountaineer 02 trial. And this is a phase two slash phase three trial in which patients will receive the standard second line therapy, which is ramucirumab, paclitaxel But in addition to that, one group will receive trastuzumab and tucatinib and the other group will receive placebo for both trastuzumab and tucatinib.
0: One interesting aspect to Mountaineer uh, goes back to what we were talking about regarding liquid biopsy. So patients can be recruited to Mountaineer two using a positive ctDNA assay and without a biopsy. And I, I do think that's an approach that's likely to be useful in future. Well, I would say that this has been a fantastic conversation. And before we wrap it up, Dr. Jani, would you like to share? Any one take-home message with the audience today?
1: Yes, Lizzie, I think we have an active drug in second-line setting for her to tumor positive patients. The remarkable thing is that the duration of response and the rate of response is, as you mentioned, we never see that with chemotherapy. So we have a drug that has high response rate, durable response, it is associated with AEs, so we have to select patients very carefully and manage them very carefully. And I think it's a true advance in the management of these patients that we have treated, but now I think we are entering a sort of a new dimension.
0: I couldn't agree with you more. I think that this is a time of great excitement for oncologists who treat gastric cancer. And what we can expect to see over the next couple of years is moving these treatments, and in particular TDXD, into earlier stages of disease, combining with chemotherapy and perhaps immunotherapy, and hopefully result in uh, long-term better outcomes for our patients. Unfortunately, that's all we have time for today. So I want to thank our audience for tuning in. And thank you, Dr. Jaffa Jani, for joining me today and sharing all your valuable insights. It was really great speaking with you today.
1: Thank you, Lizzie. And I want to thank the audience for participating. And we hope you've learned something from our discussions today. Goodbye.
0: You have been listening to CME on ReachMD. This activity is provided by Prova Education. To receive your free CME credit or to download this activity, go to reachmd.com Prova. Thank you for listening.